Everyone faces questions and decisions that require insight and answers as we move forward personally, professionally, and corporately in all areas of this thing we call life in America today. Hello, this is Joe Schofield, and I invite you to tune in every Monday evening from 6 to 7 p.m. as we talk together and hear from key leaders of all ages and backgrounds about your questions. Interesting, informative, intuitive, but always encouraging. Tune us in on BBS Radio Network. Join Pastor Joe and co-hosts Ron Greer, Dr. Paul Hall, Stephanie Thayer, and Dr. Craig Thayer in Raising Expectations. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this week's version of Raising Expectations. And today is December 6th, so Merry Christmas from all of us to all of you. It's going to be a wonderful month as we remember the reason for the season, the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and the joy that can bring into the lives of all of us. Talk about expectations. He really can meet those needs in our lives. So, hey, we're coming from you or to you, actually, tonight here with a very special program. We want to share with you, as we always do in the beginning, it's a pleasure to be with you each week. I'm Joe Schofield, and I am blessed by the people that I want to share with you that are part of our wonderful co-host team. I want to start with, as you know, Dr. Paul Hall from Longpock, California. And uh, uh, Dr. Hall is a a retired pastor. Sort of, yes. But not a retired theologian because he every week continues to, and some of you say it out with us over the airwaves. Theologian. That's right. (laughs) I got two this week. Two texts that came in asked me about theologian. So uh, there you go. You're going to have to write an article on this, Paul, and then share with them what that means. That'd be great. And so uh, love Paul. He's been my brother over 50 years. Uh, Wow. Anyway, moving right along. All the way from here to there to the East Coast, we have sent two wonderful missionaries from California. These are two of the most wonderful people you'll meet, uh, Stephanie and uh, Craig Hall. Uh, Craig Hall. <laughs> Craig Thayer. Hey, how you doing, guys? <laughs> it's been a long weekend. Uh, it's going to be a great show, though, because I'm going to be quiet in a minute. It's going to take over and go good. But uh, just, Craig is a, a surgeon. Uh, he's a trauma surgeon. We tell you every week, he's the guy when the need is the most, he's there to ascertain what the need is and then pray and help people as a, as a surgeon. And we love and appreciate Craig. He's a great man of God. He disciples people. He's a wonderful brother. And his wife, she's phenomenal. Stephanie is a health and wellness coach. She also works with him, helping people to find who they are, to take care of their bodies through what they eat and and how they think and how they run and how they only have two pieces of fudge in Christmas and all these things that she helps people to understand. (laughs) Also, how to find out and let Christ be the center of our lives. Because like she has said before, when you know the one, Jesus Christ, who made you, then you understand how you're made because he's going to reveal it to you. And that's the joy of uh, being a believer. So Stephanie, all the way from Dalton, Georgia, uh, in the north side of the state. And uh, we're so glad you're with us. Love you guys. 
And then from Central America, as somebody asked, how do you get somebody from Central America? I said, well, Texas wasn't that far, but it is a republic, right, Ron? So we got our brother, Pastor Ron Greer, who's one of the greatest guys you'll ever meet in your life. Ron, all the way from McKinney, Texas. He also works with, um, it's kind of like Promise Keeper, but it's Man in the Mirror. Paul and I tried that. When we joined, we looked in the mirror, we ran. So we didn't do it after that. But in any event, uh, Ron disciples men. And Ron teaches men what it means to be biblical fathers, grandfathers, godly men to find out what God wants to do in their lives. And, and so we're all on the same page, what it means to know the Lord this way. Ron, we love and appreciate you, brother. Sure glad you're here. And welcome back And uh, from your little getaway there. That's awesome to have you back with us tonight. Thank you. Now, uh, our special guest tonight, someone you know because many of you have contacted already. I have Facebook and Twitter things that come in from people saying, oh, we're excited to have Dr. Cintron with us again. And it's going to be a blessing tonight. We have from Southern California, we have Dr. Marianne Cintron and her very special husband, a disciple of men also, uh, working with men in churches. Uh, her name, his name is Will. They both have the same last name. That's really good. So that worked out well. So they're going to be with us tonight. Uh, she's going to be sharing. Ladies and gentlemen, we're just going to have another wonderful family time. We hope you have your cup of coffee. Or, oops, glass of water, whatever it might be tonight, because we're relaxed. We want you to listen and enjoy the time. And, uh, you know, pretty soon this coming year, we're probably going to open up where you can call in and have some questions and uh, interact somewhat with us this way. We're just beginning to see the things that God's going to do with, with your program and ours, Raising Expectations. So without any further ado, we want to welcome, and another wonderful thing tonight that Dr. Marianne's going to share with us is... I'm going to ask her if she would open with this. And uh, by the way, Stephanie, we thought you'd be glad we brought another lady tonight. Kind of bounce, make it good, you know. <laughs> so there's two roses among the thorns now. So we're good. <laughs> so this is going to be a good night. Uh, Marianne just had an incredible and wonderful prayer sought victory over cancer. And uh, it's an incredible story. She has so much she gives to help families and people everywhere, as you know, from the times we've been together. Uh, she's going to open. Marianne, would you just come in and share a little bit with us of that, and Will, both of you? And then we're going to open it up. Stephanie, maybe you can lead in the first question tonight and share as your friend. You shared her with us. Thanks so much for making her part of our family. Let's welcome Dr. Marianne and Will Central. Hello. It's Hi. really good to be here. Um, it almost seems surreal because at the end of um, October, I was just in prayer and fasting over f family situations and what's going on in this nation. And I guess part of the prayer the Lord answered was got me into the doctor's office for a routine mm -hmm. physical and a routine ultrasound. I um, have a gene, a mutant BRCA gene, which is a cancer gene that my grandmother passed away with, my Mother had it when she was 85, but my sister passed away at age 65 with it. And I just turned 65. So it's just kind of interesting. I had a routine ultrasound that showed that I had two cysts on my ovaries. And we didn't know if they were cancerous or not. I was believing for a miracle every step of the way. But it turned out they were cancerous. And so I had a hysterectomy just right on November 8th. And here it's not even a month later. And the Lord is strengthening me. I have so many people just praying and, you know, lifting me up for peace. 
They got all the cancer out. It was a stage three B, which meant it was a little bit over, you know, midway. And uh, they do recommend chemotherapy uh, for six rounds, which would be every three weeks for six times. And that's going to actually start um, Saturday. So it's kind of weird. It's just, I have to stay positive and just not anticipate what I'm going to feel like afterwards. Just know that day by day, the Lord is with me, strengthening me. And he has a plan and purpose for my life. And I have things to do, <laughs> families to help. And, um, you know, we're planning to go to Africa in July next year. And we're going to start some, dys- well, dyslexic schools are being started with my reading program in the app. And we're going to, we're invited to, in July to see how their dyslexia schools are going. And we're still working on this research that I talked about on a couple of the interviews I've been on. The research was approved by the IRB at the University of APU in California, but we have to still wait until January. And so now we're looking for volunteers so we can cut some of the funding so the schools don't have to pay out of pocket. That's really been hard for them to commit to. So we're still working on our research and it's like a little hiccup in the road, but it's a very serious hiccup because had I not caught it early, the enemy could have taken me out. And so I, I think the Lord just really let me catch it early. We got it. And I'm, I'm going to City of Hope here in California. And they're number one for cancer treatment. And I have a wonderful staff of nurses and doctors. And I sure got to share the Lord with a lot of people when I would go to the counters and let people know that I'm strong in faith. And, and people don't know what you have when you go there. So um, I knew that, and I think they really appreciated me sharing, being transparent about what, I, what I'm going to have, the surgery, <clears throat> and that I'm strong in my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I would hear people behind the counter, all the nurses, amen. <laughs> so it's like they're just waiting for people to come through that are positive in the Lord and, and uplift, you know, uplifting them. So I was home in three days after the surgery. Um, which was kind of funny because um, I, I was, it was supposed to be three to five days, but in three days I was ready to get, wash my hair and they gave me a, a gown that was going to show my backside if I walked down the hallway. So I said, I'm just going to put my clothes on. So the, here they see Marianne, look, she's all washed and blue drop, blowed her hair, to, you know, her hair's all dry and she's all dressed. Let's send her home. <laughs> there you so go. they sent me home and I've had, um, some nurses come to my house ever since I had some wounds that hadn't sealed hundred percent. So I have a little bit of wound care and now my preparation is getting ready for the chemotherapy. I have, you know, a certain diet, which Stephanie can pitch in on the diet. That's going to be very positive, you know, juicing and <laughs> a lot of stuff. And then I'm going to save my hair. So I have ordered a, um, it's called a digni cap to keep my dignity, but it freezes the hair follicles when you go through chemotherapy. So it adds like two and a half hours to the treatment, which is a three and a half hour treatment, but it adds time to it, which is okay by me because I want to save this luscious hair. <laughs> I had a lot of uh, memories when my sister passed away of her losing her hair and 
uh, and all the different <clears throat> wigs she had and the different scarves. Um, and yeah. when she was mm-hmm. alone with me in the house, she'd take that off and say, you don't mind if I just take my wig off, do you? And I'm like, oh, it just was so hard for me to see her with no hair. So I just don't want to relive that. And um, the Lord has given me a lot of peace that I'm not going out the way my sister did, that we caught it early and he's with me. I believe by his stripes, I'm healed. I'm ready for it to manifest any step along the way, but in the journey, hopefully I can encourage other people and build their faith in Amen. the Lord Jesus as well. Amen. Amen. God's awesome. really, you know, seen her through all of this. I heard she is healing a lot faster than uh, other patients do. Even one of the home care nurses said that usually it takes four to five months for her incision to completely heal. And she's almost there. And it's been almost four weeks now it's wonderful well your your hair drying worked i call it the positive makeup sign (laughs) so when i see ladies with makeup on when i come in and around i know they're ready to go for men it's the newspaper or magazine so or or they're just ornery and complain and want to get the (laughs) send them home yeah Yeah, there's definitely this glow that people have when it's time to go so you had it Amen. Yeah. I, so, Marianne, I had no idea. I love that you were willing to share with us. So, thank you. That's very vulnerable. Um, I also <coughs> love that you were doing something selfless. You were in the process of fasting. Um, and a lot of people probably don't understand fasting. I'm sure I won't say it correctly, but it's often a way to come to prayer, you know, very focused, right? And selfless. And I love that. And that it led you to be preventative. And we talk all the time, the best way to be healthy is to be preventative. And that is regular checkups, the things that nobody wants to do. If you find a disease at an early stage, and I'm sure he can speak to this better, the survival rate is very, very high. It's when things are caught so late that people get into trouble, right? And so when you were talking, I ran off because I have a prayer journal and I'm really serious about my prayer. And I was like, I have to write down everything she's saying before I forget. So that's why I ran off. So excuse me for that, but praise, praise God. Yeah. And maybe, well, because you know, how many times you say I'll pray for you and you don't do it. So now I will actually voice text people at the moment, or if I see someone on social media, I will just message them immediately um, because they don't want to forget. And um, maybe you were there simply to be a light for other people. That's right. Right. You just don't know. know. I'm going to shine my light wherever I am, (laughs) whatever's happening. Yeah, I I know the Lord has really strengthened me. In fact, I had a a different kind of a strength to even fast. Fasting has been really hard for me. Um, But this was the first time I ever felt a a special empowering to not have breakfast and lunch. And I think I skipped dinner the first day, but then I was skipping, you know, breakfast and lunch for a couple weeks and, you know, and then just skipping breakfast for a couple more, more weeks. It was a long time. And it's a great way for me to eat, you know, not to have three meals, but just have two meals. But um, yeah, so I think God was really prompting me through this time and his hands always on us, Amen. you know, That's right. he's so faithful. 
Amen. Hmm. Hey, that's a neat shirt you've got, Will. Look at there, Marianne. Yeah. That's, so tell, what tell do you them think about that is, Ron. That's the uh, <laughs> Band of Brothers training camp. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. yeah there's, tell uh, us about that, Will. Ex um, expound on that. I'm, yeah. I'm involved with an organization out here. Um, a, a friend of mine uh, started called for Freedom Outreach. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not, Ron, you might be familiar with John Eldridge yes, and his, yes, sir. his uh, training camp, his, his boot camps. Yes, yes. Uh, it's, it's based off of John Eldridge's um, boot camps and Wild at Heart yes. books. Um, the training camps that they were having out here uh, in Central California would fill up so fast that, uh, you know, guys would want to go and, you know, they could only take a, you know, maybe 150 men. Um, and, um, so my friend Lane decided to start his own organization called For Freedom Outreach to do uh, some more training camps. And um, they started with uh, one camp a year. Now they're up to three to four camps a year, and they sell out each one in, mm -hmm. in a matter of weeks. Um, I'm a part of the uh, the uh, the prayer team that goes up to the camps and uh, – just give prayer support to the to the leadership team and 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 just pray for the men, pray over the camp, um, and uh, just involved with with the men when they come forward with uh, when they have different sessions and they have what they call wound sessions and the men that stand up to acknowledge that they've had this wound from their father, or their mother, or, or anyone else, and they uh, we as surrogate men will will take the place of that person and ask for forgiveness mm -hmm. and uh it's it, it's it's something you have to experience how these guys just open up yeah. and you see their you see the change happening sometimes you'll see guys come in on thursday uh evening for, <laughs> when the camp starts and some guys they just don't want to be there you know mm -hmm. they're they're father or their brother or a friend brought them up there and so they kind of you know they're, they're going to stick it out by sunday uh afternoon or sunday uh midday their whole demeanor you, you see the big change that Amen. um they want to come back for them again uh i've been to uh, total camps i've been over to 12 camps um most of what i've dealt with has been, you know, with early camps. Uh, now I just go up to to be, you know, uh, help in the ministry and and see what I can, you know, give uh, to other men. Um, and it's from ages from eighteen to as old as you can get. <laughs> you can get up there. Amen. <laughs> um, uh, and you see, just it, it's 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 a blessing to see the change that, that some of these men go through in, in just a three and a half day period. So absolutely. Amen. Yeah. I think, you know, men don't communicate much. You know, that's the PTSD for <laughs> no. military first responders. I mean, I went to a trauma conference in Dallas actually, and this artist came that was an ex paramedic and did these incredible pictures of trauma bays and then from that image made a painting 
And that was his therapy. And he would do that for other people. And it would, like you said, kind of spark a conversation. But and actually, in the last week, it's just been a bunch of, of guys have been approaching me saying, we really need a Bible study because it's just now with COVID and, and sheltering and the distance and no church and we need contact. So mm-hmm. that's important. Nice job. Praise God. Hang on, Will. Yeah, uh, yeah. Base Camp is, is actually one of our affiliate uh, ministries with Man in the Mirror. Uh, so they're usually at our conference. Uh, we have guys there and featured material um, and some of, our, some of the connections there. So, yeah, absolutely essential, critical uh, focus. Uh, so part of what I do, what I do. <laughs> the church is to understand that need and, and start focus on it. Yeah. Uh, if I could um, introduce a real nice segue, part of um, what Will and I are involved with in our church is the Love Life Ministry, mm-hmm. and it's the pro-life movement. And, you know, Will has shared that a lot of the men at these camps have been abortive fathers, and they need healing and forgiveness. And so I just published a new book oh, great. called I'm Going to Be a Big Brother. You see the likeness? <laughs> yeah, who's that handsome guy on the cover? <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> little guy. <laughs> so yeah, it's the story of um our son and getting him prepared to have a little sibling. Mm-hmm. And it's to relieve the anxiety of the child when a new sibling's coming into the home, but it's also a pro-life children's book. Mm-hmm. So every month it talks about the growth of the baby, like the weight and the That's size right. of the baby mm-hmm. every month. And then every trimester, it talks about um, what the baby's doing and what the baby's feeling. And it's to instill in this generation that life in the womb matters. Mm -hmm. And what we're learning from other missionaries is they need help having helping the parents and the grandparents communicate Christian values to the children. Mm -hmm. And this is a perfect example Mm -hmm. to put a tool into the parents' hands and grandparents' hands, how to impart this you know, value, biblical value to their children. So that's really a blessing. And that's available on Amazon. And then just recently, the Lord has prompted me pre pre uh, cancer to revitalize a parenting magazine that I had. And it's called now it's going to be a book called powerful parenting. Mm-hmm. And it's um, remembering traditional values. And mm-hmm. it has like 17 inspirational stories that talk about, you know, a letter to dad. Um, It's the marriage diet. It's a lot of um, stories that help young couples relate to each other and understand how valuable it is to, you know, if you if you are an at home mom raising your child, you know that you're not alone. And here's some um, just really wonderful inspirational stories. But it also talks about homeschooling and it talks about understanding your child's temperament. And there's a directory of um, different directory of activities that the families can do together also that will be included. But this time it's going to be a book. And it's kind of cool because the Lord gave this to me over 20 years ago Mm -hmm. when my kids were young. And he's spoken to me that this this generation for such time as now needs this information. So we're working on that right now. Give us the title again, uh, Marianne. It's called um, Powerful Parenting. Okay. And it's Remembering Traditional Family Values. 
And that should be up within a couple of weeks on Amazon. Oh, uh, two segues, I guess. So <laughs> interestingly, and I think in every moderate-sized town, there are groups that are Christian that offer free um, birth advice. And the first thing they do is they do, because they're sponsored by you know donations, is do an ultrasound, like exactly like you had. Mm-hmm. And um, they show a baby, you know, a fetus. They hear it. And they hear it. They hear the yep, heartbeat. That's right. That's bonding. And that woman will not abort. Mm-hmm. That's actually what I thought when you were sharing that book. I thought, and I, I have a suggestion for you because I would use that book, but I'm going to be a big sister because that's my family where it's going. So you got to make a girl version of this. Well, I was thinking, you know what? We were going to do, we were going to do 12 of them and we're going to do 12. I'm going to be a big brother, a big sister. Uh, We're twins that are going to have a sibling and an adopted child that's going to have a sibling. And then from the traditional family, but also from a single mom, from a single parent home, but the families, that we've reached out to something has happened where they couldn't get together and give me the pictures because they're all authentic pictures and it's really their story. So I may just have to reach out to you, Stephanie, and get your story. (laughs) You you scared me for a minute there when you said uh, 12 and going, wait, brothers. Where are we going? (laughs) (laughs) Where you're talking about is in those communities because uh, it's not just protecting that baby. It's it's helping to have it have some amazing values and mm-hmm. that home and how to be a parent and how to make a way. I can, I can also uh, speak to how it. how absolute critical it is. It's one. It's I, I don't. I don't say I won't think. I know for a fact that that most Christians, most church leaders, don't understand the the, the impact of of this abortion issue over the over the decades. Um, I, I did 23 years in prison ministry, um, started in about 1982, 83, somewhere in there. Right. And I use, I tell people that the, 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 the story of how, when I first started doing prison ministry, um, the prison was segregated. The, the uh, younger guys who are 18 to 20, 22, they were segregated from the older guys because they would abuse them. Mm-hmm. Um, now you fast forward from 19, about 1982 to about 1991, 92 in that area. First of all, the population exploded from about 500,000 to almost 2 million uh, throughout the country. Uh, but the population inside has changed. The older men, uh, 45, 60 years old, they're isolated, uh, protective custody. And the vast majority of the population are younger men. And people go, well, what's the reason for that? Uh, now, they'll give you some reason, but I'll tell you one that I know for a fact, from my personal experience with men. 1982-83, abortion was not the, the major issue uh, and it hasn't had a lot of track record until then. Those young men in 19, early 1980, late 70s and early 80s had a certain value for life. Right? The older men inside had a certain value. There, there are rules and laws inside a prison environment among the prison population that never change, mm-hmm. right? Until you fast forward 10 or 12 years. Now, all of a sudden, you can talk to one of the older guys and say, let me ask you something. What's so dangerous about being, about being the main population? And they, they'll tell you, 
those young boys, mm -hmm. they don't care about their life and they don't care about yours. So there's a whole different set of violence, a whole set of things happening in prison mm -hmm. where you, don't, you no longer have rules. And then when you actually start getting to know the young men and talking to them and, and appreciating the relationship, you come to point understand that they don't have an appreciation for human life because mm -hmm. they are raised in an environment and a world where life isn't valuable anymore. Mm -hmm. They can't articulate it to you, but if you ask enough questions, talk long enough, you start to understand. So that so that the increase in the violent violent crime and murder rate is directly connected to this inability to see the value of human life. And I will go to any inner, inner city area in particular. Uh, the the it's it's and people will tell you and people uh, and that's true in a lot of cases. It's almost animalistic, and people don't understand. Mm. The most the place where abortions are most prominent are in inner city urban areas with predominantly black Hispanic population. And so you take that for the next, for over a 25 year period and said, okay, 40% of the babies in this place are being aborted every day. It's an everyday thing that happens. It's not long before people figure out and connect that that life really doesn't have any value. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If my life doesn't value, has any value, yours don't have any. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't bother me or no one finds it un unusual to drive by and just, blatantly shoot up a porch of people and hit and kill a two-year-old because I mean, it's, it's, what is it? Uh, it that's, that's one of the aspects of it. Um, and the idea of actually doing something on family relationships uh, and, and appreciating that value of your sibling, non and on, I, I think helped reinstill that, that value in human life, that, that actually value of, of a family and, and belonging to a family, those things are lost. So I, I commend you and praise God for that. You know, Ron, there's a movie. You'll have to help me. Maybe you know. I love Denzel Washington. He's about one of my favorites. There is. And he has a new movie. I think he found it's a true story, Ron. Exactly what you're saying. Is it called Aikman? Uh, um, it's a story of, of a, um, oh, is it? Oh, I can't think of the name now. I was hoping maybe it's about, you know, he has to go back and find his family. And he's in the Navy. Yeah. Right. And he has to go back and he's fighting everybody, doesn't understand the value of life. And he find, Denzel Washington as a Navy psychiatrist helps mm. to take him back all the way to his family in Cleveland. Mm. Anybody remember that movie? It's, it's new. I think it's powerful. I saw it yeah. yesterday. Oh, mm. wow. No. Uh -uh. Oh, my goodness. And the whole story is about the importance of family. And it's just what you're saying, Ron. It's almost like he's mirrored and framed what you just said with this movie. Anybody a Google expert, Stephanie? We'll get it for you, uh, Marianne. Is it, called, is, it, is it called A Journal for Jordan? I, I was a, wondering if that's I think it. that's one Jordan. of the newest movies that Denzel is in. I haven't seen it. I saw a trailer under that. I was doing that quickly myself for a minute there. If it's got him in his Navy uniform as an officer, psychiatrist, um that that's it and the story is incredible i don't want to give it away but it's exactly what what uh, ron was saying brother it, he's right on it what you were saying everybody should watch that and then get they'll really want to buy your book and follow what you're doing and support how you're helping people that would be great it is, it's the journal for jordan you're right okay. journal, for jordan. journal for jordan it's brand new yeah Journal for Jordan. Yeah. This is, journal the timing of this is real important with what the prayer that we had on December 1st for changing um, 
you know, going against Roe versus Wade, overturning yeah. that. Yeah. Because, and then there was a an administrator from Planned Parenthood who was sharing, she's no longer with them, but she was saying that now the sonograms like, like you shared, Craig, are huge to show the mothers about the life of the baby in the womb. They didn't have that in the 70s, right. the way we have that. And so we really do have a strong case for life, you know, in a very special way. I think that timing is really critical. And the Lord's my marketer. I'm not a big marketing person, but he knows how this is going to get out too. Yeah, absolutely. So, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I think the the question of abortion and life is is such a sensitive one. I, but I have friends that have had abortions, and I have friends that have had a child and given them up for adoption, and I've sat and cried with multiple women about both scenarios. And I will tell you the abortion pain, emotional pain is far, far beyond the loss from the adoption. I mean, they're both Mm -hmm. heartbreaking in different ways and they've all had different circumstances. But um, I think when you really hear people's stories and I'm sure men have a different story too, because they don't really have a say in what's happening. Um, you know, it puts things into perspective, right? It's easy to talk about numbers, but when you really know people. And when we have our um, pro-life ministry, it's called Love Life, and it came from North Carolina, and it's going across the nation. They give all those statistics about the daily abortions in California, in the nation, the annual count, the numbers are staggering. And they talk about the depression that the woman feels, the suicidal rate, um, and a lot of that data is is shared with us when we meet monthly. Yeah, it, the um, so we I know I have personal friends that uh, two that I've known since high school. Uh, have a anyway relatives, <laughs> uh, and, and actually a number of people because it's so prevalent among among black communities. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is difficult, um, difficult at times to not to, to be in an area where you don't know someone who's had at least one or multiple. Um, and I, I will go back again. Uh, part of the root cause of some of the, um, like for instance, I have a, a relative who's, who's got probably four kids by four different men. Um, and the, 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 um, the level of sort of darkness uh, as, as it concerns her personal worth and potential on and on is actually indescribable. Uh, so much so that uh, they're, they're, they're folks you try to work with to do ministry among those areas. And quite frankly, most of them, they get to a point and realize that it's overwhelming. They can't do it uh, because it, it's, and I tell them, if you're going to do ministry in these, in this area, uh, you need to plan on three to five years before you start in sitting real results. And if you want to be effective, you need to be think long-term mm-hmm. nine, 10 years here before you actually see a big, big uh, turnaround. Um, now, and again, you figured among black folk in America, it's about 35 to 40% of, of, uh, of, of babies are aborted. Uh, it doesn't matter where you go in inner city, uh, any oh. black communities, oh. urban areas. Um, it's so it's, it's, it, I can't, put in words how uh, critical the issue is, how deeply damaging it is. And again, when God, 
It's one of the things that got condemned early on with uh, killing babies and sacrificing babies. There's a reason for that. That's right. Mm-hmm. You, the damage is just unimaginable. It, it's just generational. Uh, right. my, and so, and it's, and it's sold to them, which is, is mind boggling, both the government and organizations. And even now, respected, supposedly organizations that care for the NAACP, Urban League. I've got a picture I wish I could show. Uh, that I, I took uh, because it, it you, I, when I tell people about it, they don't quite get it. Uh, but they build a brand new office, a brand new uh, building where one is for the library and then upstairs is Planned Parenthood and Urban League. Mm-hmm. They're linked together. And I tell people those organizations have been linked together for mm-hmm. 30 or 40 years. Uh, so it's, it, it's one of those mind boggling sort of things that take place. So you have all this outside influence to tell you this is something you need to do. This is something's going to make your life easier because if you have a baby, you can't buy this, you can't afford this, you can't go to school, on and on and on. And I can tell you my friend that I've been friends since a freshman in high school, mm-hmm. to this very day, she loves the Lord, grown tremendously in our faith, and I can get her in a conversation and talk about her abortion in 19, uh, what, 80 something, and she'll still come to tears That's to right. this very day. at the risk of being so incredibly naive uh i'm not a black woman so uh i know it's shocking everything i understand isn't it like shouldn't it be a major issue in the black community i mean hasn't it literally kept the black population limited in the united states i mean you're you're right on one hand but wrong another it has actually diminished the black uh black population um, and, and that, again, this goes to the satanic nature of the, of the abortion mm-hmm. issue, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, because even if you think about the origin of, of, of Planned Parenthood and abortion, so Margaret Sanger has this Negro project specifically designed to eliminate, you know, the weed of these, yeah. these Black people, right? Yeah. Yeah. She found a way, her, the doctor found a way to get prominent Black leaders to buy and come along, part, come alongside with them, partner with them to get black women uh, to control their births in their in their in their, their communities, and sold that. So mm-hmm. you have uh, very prominent pastors uh, across the uh, the years, right? mm-hmm. even pastors, and then uh, the, um, political leaders, and again those organizations who come around and who supported themselves. Right. So it's 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 very difficult. Uh, if you are growing up in surrounded by being bombarded constantly with certain ideas to escape those, mm-hmm. uh, even though, you know, for a fact, you watch the, 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 the destruction and the, the, the diminishing of your population. Everybody knows that, mm-hmm. you know, you can go back one at one point, uh, And even some people still quote the same statistic that black people make up 15 to 16 percent of the population. That hasn't been true in probably 15 <laughs> years. Uh, we're somewhere oh. around 10 to 11 percent. Mm-hmm. And again, when you're aborting 40 percent and then on top of that, the homicide rate is the highest of any group of people anywhere in the world. Almost, uh, you know, it doesn't take much to figure out that there's a genocide going on, yes. except the people in the midst of it cannot begin to see that. Can't see that. They still vote for, still support, still uh, love and champion the very people and very organizations who champion the cause of killing and, and, and exterminating them. Mm-hmm. It, 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 again, it goes to the pure satanic nature of it. And I'm telling you, I've been doing it for 
30 years. You can talk to you blue in the face. And people, I have literally been physically escorted out of a pastor's conference, a black pastor's conference, <laughs> because I dared raise that issue. Wow. Mm. It's purely satanic. Wow. Purely satanic. Wow. I'm sorry. We should talk about dyslexia today. Dyslexia. <laughs> well, I mean, oh, God. We, we could you know, segue. I, I think the whole idea of spiritual warfare, I think yes. the fact yes. that these books have just come out and where was my attack on my ovaries? Yes. I see spiritual warfare mm-hmm. there. Yes. And in the 1960s, prayer was taken out of the schools yes. and the discovery mm-hmm. of um, the music, the, the discovery that was made about the left and the right sides of the brain can work in concert or independently mm-hmm. by this um, scientist was made in the 1960s and mm-hmm. he won a Nobel prize 20 years later. And the woman who first introduced me to using music with a reading program, giving the left side of the brain, something different to do than the right side of the brain mm-hmm. used his science, but, I just think it was kept out of the schools because God, they, they took God out of the schools. Yeah, yeah. And here is a, a help for healing for dyslexic people to read. And only now it's like, you know, the Lord's using me to bring this to the population 20, 23 years after I've been in education to help um, dyslexic children. So the, the warfare is real and the yeah. devil doesn't want people reading. He doesn't want them reading their Bible. He doesn't want right. people living. <laughs> yeah. Skills still oh, kill and destroy. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Well, you know, Wait. on that on that point of the music being taken out, um, I, I have another one of those theories I have. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because I we experience the same thing. And it's always, well, it's a budget issue. Well, we have to can't spend a lot of money on in, non, uh, insignificant things. So you take out music, you take out art, and you go. Well, wait a minute. Why, way back when, why did they introduce music and art? Somebody understood something back that's then. That's right. Stimulated the brain. Lost, right? Up learning. Yep. Yes. And I, I you know, again, I, I'm where a, I was a child with a learner disability. I don't know what it was, but oh, we, uh-huh. they figured it out. Okay. <laughs> but <laughs> one of the things that, that, that helped calm the, the little savage in me was music Amen. or art. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I, again, I, I was a kid who was always in trouble, always fighting. But the, the, the things that would calm me mostly was being able to draw and to create mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, to the, and music was the other part. We, my mother put us in student choirs and children's choirs and those sorts of things. Um, but here I, I go back and go, okay, far back in scriptures I can go. God takes his people and then he gives them instructions about creating instruments and then doing songs and music, right? Yep, yep. Yep. He gives them instructions about how they go about uh, art, art of a tapestry, of painting, of sculpture, on and on and on. And you go all the way through those, and even songs and 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 those sorts of things, right? God instructs him how to to do that, how to go about, and also to do yeah. it. And you go, well, why would he do that? Could there be a reason? <laughs> yes, exactly, Ron. It's yeah. it's it's it's. So I go back to the attack. Mm-hmm. On on society, on families, on yeah. again schools and other places, and what I, I I just see it as one of those attacks. You take away the things that God has put in place uh, for the other parts of our brain. You take those things away, and Satan convinces people to do that because it's 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 better. 
now we can use more money on instructional uh, time, which I call indoctrination these days because it's not instructional anymore. <laughs> Sorry, well, we, anyway. could, we could really segue on that way into that word. What is it? Wokeism? <clears throat> take away the family? Take away the church? Take away the the music? Take away everything that made America what it is yeah. today? That made me yeah. proud to be an American. Now. Yeah. Although, what was the first book that they studied? Right, Paul, that back in New England, the New England primer, yeah. they, they tied them right in with all the constitutional mm-hmm. leaders. They were all what? Basically seminary graduates, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, all those things. And yet it seems like you're saying, Ron, you know, you take away those things that make them think they don't think they don't see. They don't learn. History yeah. has no bearing. And, yes. you know, like who is it? Uh, we said when you take away the history, we don't learn anything. That's the end of major civilizations. Yeah. God's in control, though, but like you say, he's bringing up people like what you're doing and what you're saying to keep it in front. And I have a feeling people are learning a lot more, don't you, folks? Paul, we talked about this once there. Mm -hmm. We get discouraged, but they're learning a lot more because these are facts that you're bringing up that are so accurate. And we could do all the data. Nobody wants to hear it anyway. You can't argue with anybody. Apologetics, like I told you, used to love it. doesn't mean much now. Nobody wants to know the facts. Yeah. But we know that we know that we know God's working. Yeah. God's yeah. working yeah. everywhere. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> look at your book. Look what's up. Can I, and, can I ask uh, you a question about the dyslexia uh, thing also? Yeah. Uh, um, so so you, you said that you use music. Um, yes. and, and something else to help help uh, help help kids concentrate and help, explain that explain that to me. Then what I learned about the value of music was if you play it in the left ear, it's going to transfer to the right side of the brain and right. give the right angular gyrus a job it likes to do. Dyslexic okay. people will read read from the wrong side of the brain to put right. it easily. Right. Um, all there's many parts in our brain that work towards reading. And that's how God designed it. But the left side of the brain is this the language center. And so if, if dyslexic people are reading from the right side of the brain, but you send music to it, it gives it a job it likes to do. And then we have an app that has spelling exercises that play in the right side, in the right ear, that cross to the left side of the brain. Hmm. And it strengthens the left angular gyrus like Pilates of the brain. Okay. Like Pilates. So, well, I have a reading program that I developed and it's got nine steps. And so a student listens to music only in the left ear from the app um, when they're reading on the computer, when they're working in a workbook, and also when they do the spelling exercise at the end of the lesson. And then um, it just retrains the brain. You know, I did a summer school course and there was a middle schooler who was being raised by her grandfather the mom was in prison and he came to us because she loved music. And he said, maybe she'll learn with your program because nothing else is helping her. Mm. Well, after six weeks, she made three-year gains in reading vocabulary, fluency, and comprehension. And the man started crying and he said, this is such a miracle. He said, our home used to be a battlefield and now she gets along with us. And if you ever taught middle school, you know how those kids can be right. And, delinquent so um he said she's not getting her detentions she enjoys going to the library and he asked me are you a doctor 
And that's when the Holy Spirit spoke to me, go back to school, get your doctorate. And I already had two masters and two credentials. And I'm like, they're not listening. Maybe if I get my doctorate, they'll listen. They're still not listening. And it drives me nuts. So I have a YouTube channel and a podcast. And I tell everybody about music. And I, I have a Norton Gillingham based model, which is like the gold standard of reading, multi-sensory hands-on reading. And um, the Lord woke my husband up one morning in 19 in 2018 and spoke to him. And I, I this is how I summarize it. Build the app. And this is at like 4.30 in the morning. He didn't want to wake up. I didn't want to get up. And he heard it again in his spiritual ears. I mean, he heard it. Build the app. And we talked about it that night or the next no, night. I, I got up finally. And um, I have a little uh, calendar book that I put my my weight in. So I wrote it in there on that day. And then I went I went to work and I came home. And then I told her about it that, that evening. What happened, you know, God woke me up and said, you know, build the app. So it put me to work. <laughs> so I recorded, I made a sound booth in my office and I recorded 28 spelling exercises and eight groups of sentences to give kids the practice. And then I have a friend who's a sound engineer. I sent him the classical music that I like, Beethoven, Bach, Tchaikovsky, Chopin. And he put them in it. He put them in. He synchronized them for me. And then I had another person develop the app. So it was a labor of love and I believe it's meant to reach the masses. It's called CDSM. If anybody wants to get a free download, CDSM. Say that again. Stands for Syntron Dyslexia Solutions with Music. CDSM. And it's a free download and they can try the first five, you know, squares for free. And then it's only $9 a month or $9.99 a month. So, okay. It's a wonderful reading spelling tool. If a kid doesn't have dyslexia, it could help them raise a B to an A and give no. them extra language practice. That, what you're doing is awesome. We have four minutes, and so it always happens to us. We're just we just keep bringing you back with uh, Will. This is great, Will. <laughs> sure. um, and I want to make sure that it's out there. Everybody has the address to get your uh, material you just had. But what about? Uh, one more time on powerful parenting. Let's get that out to everybody. How do, where do they go? Okay, it, it's not on Amazon yet, but it should be there in a couple of weeks. So powerful parenting, oh it should be on Amazon. They could just look for Dr. Cintron. Dr. Cintron. Marianne Cintron, yeah. Okay, powerful parenting. Okay, you all know where that address is, how you look for that, where you'll find that. Um I want to say very quickly uh, and give you an address to go with that. Uh, folks, we could use your help big time for donations. We are down uh, and we do have some needs we need to meet also. So if you know somebody, we have somebody who will match. Anybody makes a donation to raising expectations, we have someone that will match that 100%. So here it is. I do it very simple. Here's your address. Do you have your pen? Class? No. It's just bbsradio.com forward slash 
raising expectations. If you'll put that in your computer and hit that, it'll take you to the page, has a little donation button there. And uh, we would, we could really use, uh, we're coming up hurting this month. So we could use your help. If you could make a donation, I know God will bless you for it. And uh, we'll bless you. We'll thank you. We're blessed that you tune in and listen. Thanks for all the emails and excuse me, mainly uh, Facebook and other things that we get. Um, We're blessed by that. All right. We have three minutes. Anybody want to say something in like like (laughs) 60 seconds that we could share? Yes. Doc, how you doing there? Every day since you were on last, I think of you, and that's because our youngest is dyslexic, oh, and we yeah. heard the music thing. Step got him earbuds. He has a left earbud in his ear all the time. All the time. Oh. We told him. We said switch it, yeah. and it's made a huge difference. Wow. Great. Wow. That's great. May I quote you? <laughs> <laughs> so, Will, that's he awesome. did say build an app, not the ark, then. Okay, good. We're good. Right. right. <laughs> I think if if you build it, they'll come. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Hey, write that down. That Praise so God. Awesome. Praise God. I love That's it. great. Well, there's a great testimony for you, Marianne. That uh, right there. It from, is, uh, and I look for testimonies like that. In fact, God. I've had a dream of Shoeless Joe Jackson, and I'm like, why would I have the dream of the cornfields? Because if you build it, they'll come. Uh, it's just confirmation. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Praise God. Love that. Well, how about you can have a new one if if they'll if we play it, they'll listen. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> if we play it, they'll dance. Maybe how long? I don't know. That'll work. If, no, oh, if, they play, if they listen, they'll read. <laughs> yeah, there we go. It's amazing what you've done with this. Isn't that something, Ron? How she did that, and they just in seventy ten. Wow, that is great. We probably could have used that when we were in school, Paul. I, I, I definitely could have used it. Uh, <laughs> it would help us a lot, yeah. I, I, I barely got out of school, even though I left early. And I've, I didn't become a reader until I was probably in prison. <laughs> oh. uh, it, and usually I was one of those guys that had to have music, a little soft music playing. Otherwise, I couldn't concentrate. But never, no one ever put it together for me. I just, something mm-hmm. just, just did. This is in that movie, too. If you can look that up, Denzel Washington's movie is fantastic. So uh, that's something else. Well, it's time to go there. Giving us the word. We have a voice that comes and says, you're done. No, <laughs> anyway, no. Thanks so much. Uh, so much for being with us tonight. God bless you. Merry Christmas. We're going to continue to pray. It's a miracle. God has so much more he wants for you to do. And thanks for the testimony. Will, what a great testimony there. So on behalf of everybody, hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. We'll be back next week with an incredible guest that's written a trilogy. trilogy. You're going to be excited to see it. So on behalf of everybody, we want to wish you the best from Raising Expectations. We'll see you next week. We'll send you the sound off like... uh, like Roy Rogers, happy trails yeah. to you. We'll probably see you happy next week. Trails. There you go. Do you have a great and a blessed week? Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. God bless y'all. Thank you, Marianne and Will. Thank you, guys. Friends, thanks for joining us on this week's program of Raising Expectations. We profoundly hope you found it engaging and at times humorous, but most of all, uplifting, so that we may with you one topic at a time each week become more encouraged to move forward to an exciting future in, as we always say, this thing called life in America today. So let not your hearts be troubled, your family, finances, faith, freedom. It can be a great future as we talk, 
listen, respect, and pull together. Please let me hear from you. You can reach me at 972-922-8556. That's 972-922-8556 or Joe Schofield on Facebook or LinkedIn. It'd be a pleasure to know you and we hope you'll listen in again next week on the BBS Radio Network.